Constructing your life is about much more than just building a bank account. Each week, join real estate entrepreneur and mindset coach Austin Linney as he interviews guests who are constructing their dream lives and impacting the world around them on a daily basis. If you're an entrepreneur or wanting to start a business, or you just want to hear motivating stories of how others have overcome the odds, you are in the right place. And now for your host, Austin Linney. Welcome back to Construct Your Life. This is Austin Lenny here, and in true Austin Lenny fashion, this is probably like the 30th or 20th time I've had the first their first ever podcast. It's been mine, and I've been the first podcast guest on like another 30. So I don't know what it is about my personality that brings this out, but here we are. We have Conrad in the house. How are you doing, sir? Doing great, Austin. Thank you for having me and helping me get this first one under the belt. I love it. So what I like to do with my guests is kind of let them tell the story uh, where they want to start and we'll kind of go from there. Beautiful. Yeah. So a little background about me. I grew up in a small business household, saw what it could do for a family. My dad ran a roofing company. And so I always knew I wanted to get into business and more specifically small business. So after college, you know, I got into marketing and digital advertising, and I got to learn from a small company how to buy media, how to build funnels, how to generate a lot of revenue. And that took me out to Silicon Valley and back. So I got to experience an exit there. And that was a lot of fun. From there, I ran my own firm for about five years. And the most recently, I was a partner in a company that specifically focused on coaching and advising small business owners. And we kind of really stuck in that business lane to make sure they had the business skills to improve and grow their business. Uh, about six months ago, or about eight months ago now, I exited that business with the idea being I needed to be back on the other side of the table for my family. And we're launching businesses, and it's been a lot of fun. Austin and I are partnered up on some cool stuff. We've been building some momentum, and life is good. Yeah, and what's interesting, um, some of the best business owners and real estate investors I ever met, they didn't per se make their money or like make their riches in Silicon Valley, but that time in Silicon Valley, like a lot of them tell stories about sleeping on the couches, companies were born. It's hard to describe, but it's like it installed some sort of like, go for it, can do attitude. Uh, Do you feel the same way about your time there? Oh, absolutely. The people around you are some of the smartest, brightest and most driven people. And so if you want to like live out there and even exist out there, you got to be driven and you have to do all those things. So it raises the bar for you and just spending a little time out there. It helped me adapt and internalize a mindset that I've brought to everything else. And it's also very interesting in the way things are taught or thought about out there and that it's, you know, you do a very good job of prioritizing what's important versus busy work, because otherwise you're going to, you're going to fizzle out and, and, and fail. So learning how to build a business, how to generate a ton of revenue, how to do all those things and how to do it in the least amount of time and money was a skill I've used in every different area that I've been in since then. No, it's so important. And, you know, you've done a couple different things in business, but ultimately, um, you know, systems, marketing, sales funnels, you know, um, before we get started in what we're doing and what we're creating, you know, what are you seeing as the basic kind of missteps that, that small business owners or just, you know, entrepreneurs in general are doing when it comes to stuff like that? 
Yeah, I think I've seen it's kind of twofold. I'll give you a bonus one. It's one having those systems of like how to run your meetings, how to run your business and giving yourself some guardrails so that you don't have to think too much about what to do. You have a place and time for those things so that you could then be creative and apply your energy towards the things that drive business. And the second part of that would be under investing on marketing and sales. I've worked with dozens, if not a hundred plus businesses at this point. And so many of them don't get off the ground because they're not willing to spend any money on advertising or marketing. And what happens is a lot of uh, business owners, especially service-based business owners, they hit kind of what I've called the referral ceiling. They've used their network and it generates a good amount of business. And some of them could do a couple million, but to go beyond that and to have a marketing channel that generates leads without warm referrals you got to spend some money. And I've seen that as a big, a big blocker for a lot of businesses that have yet to get beyond a few million dollars in revenue. I sent a uh, podcast to a client of mine uh, the other day, a Dan Kennedy one, he was talking about sales versus marketing. And the real thing that stuck out to him was with the more marketing, you create less need for sales. And I think, I think that's like a holy shit kind of moment for entrepreneurs is like, um, what I've seen just from my personal point of view is like, you might have a great integrator, you might have a great visionary, but like he knows his business, but he's selling his idea. He's not selling his clients and he's not, he's not listening to the clients and understanding. And so in my opinion, I've spent the last two years diving deep into marketing. It's really about understanding who's buying it, where they are, where they're hanging out, stuff like that. Absolutely. And marketing, you know, maybe I'm just biased because it's my background yet. I think marketing is kind of the the central nervous system of the business, the brain center. And that marketing applied well is, like you said, understanding the customer, surveying, getting feedback, and then it's tailoring your whole business to serve that need. And so that would go from cold to sold, like creating an offer that is specific to what you are learning in the marketplace, iterating, adjusting. And so, like you said, as time goes on, it's an inevitability if you keep investing. You're going to find uh, product market fit and then message market fit, so that you don't have to do much selling. Like we've had conversations where you, your podcast has just brought people in that are ready to go. It's because well, they know you. I, I call it. I call it the. Uh, I call it the the billboard. Like right there, there. I can tell you exactly how it goes down. Um, they hear about me or see me on another podcast. Ah, this guy sounds interesting. Let me go to his. Let me go to his Instagram. Oh, he's got a podcast. They listen to three or four or five episodes and they go, oh, you're not full of shit. And then they'll DM me. <laughs> and that's how it happens every time. Yeah. That's how we met through Chase as well. Because yeah. when you can get your message out consistently, people are attracted to you. You're pulling them in. First, maybe sales could be construed as like pushing your message on them and hoping that it lands with them. Well, and I think ultimately understanding the thing that that set, I think it's the thing that that I hung on to like really early that changed it for me was when you come, when it comes down to marketing, I had a great friend who's an amazing marketer tell me that marketing is nothing more than the results that you've already done. And in my eyes, it switched me from, I need to portray that I am some way instead of just talking about what I've already done. And that's so easy to just speak out of the tongue or post about and it never, it never feels unauthentically me. Yeah. And it's perfect because you're sharing your message and in doing so you're sharing some authority of like the results you've achieved as well as social proof through testimonials. So people know that it's worked for other people's 
So before they even talk to you or go deeper, you're lowering the barrier of entry for them. The friction goes down. And those sales conversations that really turn into more of, let's have a conversation if we're a fit. And if it makes sense, we're saying yes. It'll be pretty obvious. So where does a entrepreneur or business owner or personal brand guy, where do they even begin to start? Like what's your one to two to three kind of start process? If you're a smaller business owner, it's really important to understand how your message is getting out there in the world. And so one very good tool is if you go look up story brand, read the book, you could build out your whole messaging system that's based around the seven steps of what they're calling the customer journey or hero's journey. That'll help you with the message. Two, you also have to have a mission as your business so you know where you're going. Because a lot of times people want to join a story that aligns with theirs as well as well as something that solves a current problem. And then three, you got to learn how to build a marketing funnels. So can you get something that generates leads for you that then goes into a sales process that over time you can refine because you're tracking? So in rank order, make sure you have a mission. Make sure you know your messaging and how it's resonating so you could iterate on it. And then three, make sure you have a way for people who are interested to come into your world, whether that's a lead generation, whether it's a webinar, workshop, or just to pay you, give them the offer. Make sure people can buy from you because a lot of times you'll get a beautiful website, but no call to action, no way for them to engage. I love that. And so as we shift gears a little bit, you know, you have a family, you have two kids, you had a good job, you built, um, even though you didn't own it, you built a lot of the company you're working for. Like what takes uh, a sane man to leave that and kind of pull some chips off the table, you know, and and kind of, if I'm not mistaken, you kind of took a little hiatus to kind of reassess your life and then, and then move in this other direction. Yeah. I mean, one thing that's always held true to me and something I firmly believe is that, you know, this is our life. We need to live it and have the richness of life full experience. And so it's about having the courage to not settle for good in pursuit of great. And so what was going on was good, but it wasn't great. I knew there was more to it. And so, you know, being in the position I was, I was able to take some chips off the table, spend the holidays with my two young daughters and family and really kind of relax. And um, what I learned is not very good at relaxing because I wanted to get back in the game. And fortunately, we did that around the turn of the year. And ultimately, it's about building a life of your dreams. And that thing is going to evolve. And so it was setting a new goal and understanding that business ownership and helping other people realize their dream through business ownership, including myself and including my family was the ultimate mission. And so the only way to do that is to, well, become an entrepreneur and build businesses for myself and with others again. So I haven't, I've been very close to the chat. I have not shared what we're doing with anybody. Like I have not talked about it on the podcast. I have not, um, I have not shared anything. So I guess we could kind of unpack what's happened in a short amount of time. Um, I mean, shit, it's June 21st as we're recording this right now. So let's say like four months, maybe, give or take, uh, uh, maybe that. That might be generous. I think, yeah, it's, that, like I, I March. think it's like, like March, like three months, maybe. So, so guys, when we say um, when you're in the proper place mentally, physically, uh, you've learned what you need to learn. Um, the speed to market can happen really quickly. So um, I don't want to speak out of turn because we just added one today, but uh, <laughs> how many businesses do we have like right now, like launched besides, uh, well, we won't count the equity ones. Um, right now we got one, two, three, 
four, five. We'll have six with the current funnels, like excluding some of the uh, seven with the task business. Yeah. So we have seven businesses and then we have equity positions and another four. Mm -hmm. uh, that's not even including the real estate arm. So yeah, we're bringing our toes in account at this point. Yeah. So we're out of fingers. Yeah. So basically like 12 businesses and uh, we've grown the team from uh, just me, Chase and Conrad and to uh, almost uh, like 13 people, uh, 10 people on the call and today uh, first company meeting. And so, you know, in the last two weeks, we've, we've gained uh, almost eight employees um, yeah. so it's, it's, it's been, uh, it's been a lot, uh, and, uh, you know, kind of lay out, I guess, kind of what has transpired in the last three months and, and kind of, uh, I think we're finally ready to start releasing it to the world and, and letting, sharing the story. Yeah. Unleash the beast. Well, the first thing is like Austin said, is when you have a little more experience, a little more life under your belt, you kind of get a better sense of who you are and hopefully everyone gets a chance to find out who they are. And when we first met, it was, it was like, we call it the bonfire now. It was just like an infernal rage in between both of us of like, this is our mission and vision and for our life. And what happened was our visions were almost identical. Like Austin would say, I could have wrote the same thing and just put my name on it. And the idea being our vision is to build a holding company, a company that is represents a business structure like Berkshire Hathaway, but with the the idea that it's impact focused, it's people focused, it's philanthropy focused, charity focused. And so what got us out of here was that the mission would be big companies, most big companies kind of treat their employees as expendable assets as of late. And it's getting increasingly difficult to trust a lot of them. So you have a lot of good talent coming out of there looking for something else. So at the company that we're building, we believe that's flat out wrong and that people of quality relationships and working on meaningful projects are what lead to that richness of life. So we're building these companies not only to achieve our dreams, but also to allow the other people we bring in, whether that's as a client, as an equity holder or partner, to achieve their dreams through us. And so that is the overarching vision of the holding company that then has those positions in the dozen plus companies. By, by the way, I think it's more like 14. I just counted a couple more now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to lose count. So, but, the, but, 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 but guys, why this is so important is that we literally spent almost 60 days to four weeks building out the vision and the value proposition for it. And the product, the, the, the service that we're rendering with inside that business is almost absolute. It doesn't really matter. It's a byproduct. If we're in crypto, if we're a barbecue joint, if we're a sales company, a marketing company, a real estate firm, like consultant firm, Airbnb coaching, all that stuff is 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 relative because the bones, the values, the mission, everything is exactly the same. There's just different components in, in the business and kind of trading those out. And that's when you like, here's what happens. And just so you're clear, this doesn't happen to you, but it happens to me. I have friends, two of them. I love them to death. They're coaches as well. They literally, every time I meet them, I'm not, I, I don't even tell them what I'm doing anymore because the first thing that out of their mouth is you need to slow down and like, <laughs> and you need to focus. They're very analytical, but wait for it. This is great. So I had lunch with him in Denver and he was like, whoa, dude, way too much. And then I explained it to him. And like 30 minutes later, he goes, oh, dude, that makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. He goes, that doesn't, he goes, that doesn't feel like too much. And by the way, he was a management consultant for 10 years and now he syndicates apartments. So he knows what he's talking about. And he kept saying, 
oh yeah dude that sounds about right and he was like he like when he got like the whole vision he was like oh shit that's pretty crazy because let me break you break it down to you guys this is all predicated on supporting and teaching said person whether they're the salesperson the ceo supporting them and lifting them up with systems and processes and people and we have a ceo in each business so we only start a business if we already have that ceo earmarked already if we we would never start a business if we don't have that ceo earmarked or we as a company consulting firm we step in as that ceo coo for the for the company that we're consulting for that's and that's maybe six months to a year and then we remove ourselves or hire our replacement but that is the key to this whole thing. We do not, you see guys buy companies and they install themselves as a CEO. You're never getting out ever. No, it goes back to what we started with. Like you could be easily trapped in the business in that way. And, <laughs> and through our like alignment of the mission and vision, like we know we want other people to see succeed with us. And we know where we're going as a, a company, as the holding company. So we can't be in there. And so finding people who align with the vision, who have the values, that's it for us because we feel confident as coaches, as trainers, that we'll give them the support and guidance to achieve what they want to through that position. Well, what's interesting, right, is that if you if you earmark the clients that are on, we're coming on board today, like you read mm -hmm. their email, you haven't even met them yet. Like I, me and Rebecca and Alex met them and Maria's onboarding them. You and Chase won't even meet them for a week or two. And they're already going to be nine miles down the pipeline. And, and understanding that because we have our value set in what we're doing, everything I'm saying, they're going, we've waited our whole life to hear this. And, and so by setting our vision and being clear on what we're doing, we attract the exact right client that we want. Because no longer will I take a client that doesn't want to do work. No longer will I take a client that doesn't want to step up to the thing. And here's, I'll talk about me for a second. I'll talk about me for a second because I'm still taking on one-on-one -on -one clients, but less these days because I don't have so much time. This is a big shift for me. This is a big shift for you. You're a one-on-one -on -one coach too, Chase as well. To kind of leave what was working for us, to know that the ultimate impact has to be higher as a team has been an interesting kind of, I had to remind myself a lot, like, hey, the vision is way bigger than you could ever do on your own. The amount of impact that you can create, the families that you can support. And so that's been an interesting shift for me. But that being said, you sign one or two clients and you're ultimately doing what it would take you 15 clients to do personally one-on-one. -on -one. So with half the work, because you have the team supporting you and they're supported and they feel supported by the team, this is more of a family environment. So that's been an interesting transition just for me personally, uh, having to just really like stick to that vision. And you said it so well, because it's kind of that trapeze moment where you're swinging from one side and then you release and you're just floating through the air waiting for it to land and grab. And like this podcast couldn't have come at a more perfect time because we landed our first proof of concept for the company. Mm -hmm. Like that first client that wasn't already in the pipeline that came in and Austin had a great conversation with him, like he's saying, and because the values align and they know what we're doing, it was a no brainer to, to move forward. And we're all psyched to do it. And from this day forward, you know, we're taking on the identity of not the all-star anymore. Like we're out of the spotlight. Mm -hmm. We're we're moving into the coach role. And for a sports analogy, we're going from Tom Brady to Belichick. And then ultimately, what's his name? Kraft, the owner, because we want to put everybody else and shine the light on everybody else and take what we've already learned and, and experienced 
up to this point and what we're going to continue and pass that along because if we just keep it for ourselves and our clients, like you said, the impact, it's good. It's good. good. We make good money, but it's not, but it's not jobs. It's not, it's not what we want to create. It's not freedom. It's like, dude, it's like, it's just, you're so right because it's, um, I didn't think about that. Like this was the first like soup to nuts, proof of concept, not already in the pipeline, um, for them to get it, for them to see it and understand it. And, and then, and then we did exactly what we wanted. Six months coaching, uh, consulting, building a brand new fucking brand, new website, new branding, taking new SOPs, but then flipping that after six months to we're now we're part owners of that company. And we're going to do a retreat center with them with a barbecue joint and a bunch of other stuff. And like, guess what? Guess who spent 20 years in the restaurant business and catering me. So it's like, right? and I told him, I was like, I hate your guts for making me go back into this game, <laughs> but I'm only doing it with y'all because they literally took, are you ready for this? You don't even know this. They took, yeah, this is new. A, they took a mom and pop place that was charging 1800 bucks for the weekend to rent out. This is a huge farm for weddings, 1800 bucks. They only booked 13 a, a month or a year. They took it to 8,000 a weekend at 50 bookings. Ooh, so they are the kind of people and they, this all started with a food truck. And so now we're going to bring the new food truck to the new place and their, their, you know, and their story is amazing, you know, her. And it's just like being able like to see them breathe for the first time and, and being able to help them. And now they have a full team and like they have, and, and here's the truth. This conversation come out of the fact that they thought that they had a business to sell. But yet she's running everything. They got three high school students on staff and he's cooking. Like I had to break the news to him yesterday that you don't have a business to sell. Like, and how many entrepreneurs do we know that thinks they have a business to sell when they really just have a job? They have a nice high paying job that they're comfortable with and they may make good money, but when you take them out of it, what's left? Mm -hmm. It's not a yes. self-managing business. One of the things we it's teach- not yeah. So if you don't have SOPs, you don't have systems, you don't have employees, you don't have people that can elevate, like guys, take the book built to sell, read it, read it again, read it over again, and then take the book self-managing business and it'll change your entire life. Every time somebody reads built to sell, I feel like their whole view on business changes. It's like revealing the curtain. You're seeing the wizard behind the curtain. You're like, oh, there's a whole different game that's being played that I was unaware of. I just thought I'm passionate. I can work hard. I could get it to this. But then you hit the proverbial wall or you may be successful. And that, it's all good for a lot of people. But for those that are looking to sell or exit their business, which everybody does, you have to be intentional about what that business looks like. And oftentimes that's not, it's not spoken about much. No, and I think ultimately understanding that that um, when when people are aligned and things are getting done, one of the things that I want to talk about while we wrap it up here is one of the things that that I've I've had to, you know, not forcefully, but had to kind of like keep reminding you. And I think everybody has the same king. It's kind of like you had your whole career. You were the guy that went in and got it done you know, put in the long hours, uh, built out the funnels and do everything and kind of maybe a little more money on the front end, but building it the right way, kind of talk through that transition for you to kind of elevate yourself to like CEO and owner and kind of get out of the more day-to-day -day stuff. 
Yeah, and I thank Austin for this every day and, and helping hold me accountable to that. Because again, it's what we need as not only the company, but as an individual to have the most impact for the next 30, 40 years. And so, yeah, I would go in, I could like, I don't want to say I could do it all, but when it comes to some of this marketing stuff in the business, I I could do most of it. So we could just like write off a copy, we could design all the pages, we could connect all the stuff, we could buy all the media, we could do the sales calls, we could do the operations and do all that. And I think that's valuable as a coach. So I could share in that with clients. But when you flip it on its head and you're looking at this of how do I build the, these systems in all these other businesses and in client businesses, it's impossible to do it all. And so learning, again, I like this analogy, going from the all-star who's doing it all to the coach, like accepting, like we're going to have to do more development and training and let someone else do it. And it's not going to be as fast or it's not going to be as good quotation marks for those that can't see because they're, they may be learning. Yet the, the funny thing is, after a while, those people start to do better than you did in that once they have a little room to, again, explore their creativity and shine. And so it's a fun circle where you're like, okay, can I just make myself useless in this by teaching someone else and transition to the next thing? And well, it's hard. I'm not and, saying it's easy, yet it's, it's hard, a lot of fun in, in the process. The hardest well. thing is, is the hardest thing, and we see it in a lot of CEOs, is reclassifying as a CEO or owner what work looks like to you. Yeah, still learning that one yeah we're, we're figuring yeah. that one out you know what i'm saying like that's the thing is like you take that away and you're like okay so am i useless no like you can just develop the next vision or the or the next thing and like what we've realized the number one thing in our business is protecting the decision like the people that can be energized by 15 meetings in a day is me and like i can jump on sale talk bullshit whatever but like conrad if he's doing that all day, then he can't be building the systems. If Conrad's right. doing that all day, he can't be building the SFPs. He can't be worried about the next funnel, the next thing. And so understanding what everybody's talent is, but more importantly, I think anything is, is believing in somebody and then giving them the freedom to fail. Right. Like that is my biggest lesson I learned from Taylor Welch. Biggest lesson. He hired on teams of VAs and fired them three in a row. And he said on the third one, he was like, well, maybe... Maybe it's us. And what he realizes, what he realizes, he had to realize how to talk to somebody after they let him down and not make them feel bad. Mm -hmm. And so I, I asked everybody, I said, please fail today. Please fail at something because you tried something you didn't know. And what happened? The VA, the Dreamweavers, we're calling them not VAs, built a website that they'd never done before. And it looks amazing. And now she's so pumped. And it's like, wow, now we have that other element that that person didn't even know they could do a minute ago because we allowed them the space to kind of work on it and figure it out and not rush them. Right. And it's so easy to, as coaches and and people, focus on the other person to make sure they get it. Yet it's so easy to forget that you need to be doing the same level of development that you're giving all to the other people. And we're seeing it there. And it's good to, that we have the three of us here to hold all of us accountable as well and make sure that we're developing at the same speed or faster than everyone else so that we can be a few steps ahead of them and be leaders and make sure they have the support, the training, the education, and the accountability as well to achieve their dreams through us helping our clients achieve their dreams. I'll never be upset as long as your intention was to try. I'll never be upset if something doesn't go right. But I think 
one of the biggest things that, and, and we're building out a board of directors, that's super important for us. But one of the biggest things that I've seen, and I keep highlighting on every call I'm on with Rebecca and Alex, is that Rebecca and Alex, who are project managers, our COO, they, they literally embody like who we are, what we believe in. And so they can speak for us. Look, there's only so many hours a day. There's only so many meetings you can be on. And so letting them kind of, and, and then, and then like, I actually forget that they're on calls with like clients and stuff because I just don't even like, it doesn't even cross my mind yeah. because you know, you know, they got it. Yeah. <laughs> they got a lot of things better than us. They got it way better awesome. than I got. Cause I'll keep <laughs> yeah. talking all the time. Yeah. And it's like you said, the, the space and, but starting with the values of us knowing who we want to be as a company and the people who started it and then bringing people into the fold. And it hasn't been much recruiting in the sense it's been people that have heard of it and then just brought into it. And we're like, well, yeah, let's mm -hmm. go. And yeah, fortunate to it's, have people like Rebecca and Alex on the team so early on. Mm -hmm. Well, they're, they're, you know, same with the, the VAs, the dream weavers uh, and Rebecca, like they're saying, Hey, we're, we have a really good thing going here. You should Come work here and like we don't i don't even have to like source people anymore and they've already told them what to expect right but but the first thing i do when i bring on a new hire is i say hey here's my favorite books here's my favorite podcast this is for you for learning mm -hmm. and then we're investing now what i want to talk about before we get out of here is what we're doing with our ceos oh yeah yeah so yeah. the ceos of those companies we're, we're putting them on a learning track and we're all learning together. And there's a, the reason we went this way is the co-learning is instead of us telling is that most people, if you tell them to do something, it doesn't really work. But if, as we learn together, it'll sink in. So we're all going through the EOS, the traction book again, so that by the time we're done with it in about three weeks, we're going to be able to talk to the CEOs and they're going to be able to communicate to us with the same common language, as well as they're going to be able to build out the vision of their company through that common language so we could all help and support their development of it, as opposed to, hey, Alex, hey, Jay, here's your vision and traction organizer, one pager, fill it out, or like, here's it already filled out. That's really not empowering them like we just talked about. And so slow it down, make sure everyone gets a chance to learn and the environment to succeed. And then we're building the EOS traction model first. And then we'll, we'll dive into some things later on that kind of fit the three pillars that we coach on the mind, body, and business. I love it. So uh, I know you're getting back to posting lately. Not, not too much, not, not all over the place, but if people <laughs> want to reach out to you, how would they do that? Yeah, you could hit us up on my name, ConradKozich.com. It's a website of kind of my digital um, resume, or you could go to the companyconsulting.com. We're building that out to be the place where you could get more information and resources about what we do for companies and how we do it for them and build out their business and step in as their fractional COO, CEO, and whatever else they need to reach the finish line so that they're not one of the people that are stuck at a million dollars. They're they're a person that's inspired to get to five, 10 and beyond so that they don't get stuck in their business and they could live the life that they want to. And take Fridays off. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody else is working. Just do it. Yeah. Take Fridays off guys. Hope you got some value from this episode and we'll see you next time.
Thank you for listening to Construct Your Life with Austin Lenny. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to start constructing your life by taking immediate action on what you learned. For show notes, resources, and more information on one-on-one coaching with Austin, visit constructyourlifepodcast.com.